Being alone and feeling lonely are very different things, but research suggests that the feeling of loneliness has a bigger negative impact on our communities as well as our health and well-being. Welcome everyone to Hour 28 in our series of podcasts brought to you by Good Thinking, London's digital mental well-being service. This is Sonia Etetwania Good Thinking, which provides round-the-clock mental well-being service for those living or working in London. In this podcast, our clinical director, Dr. Richard Graham, is in deep discussion with Tracy Robbins, Head of UK Delivery at Eden Project Communities. In this episode, we're listening to how community action can connect loneliness and social isolation. By creating stronger communities, we can bring together and encourage everyday people to make positive change where they live. Being passionate about communities and reducing loneliness is only one part of Tracy's focus on what it takes to make things happen in communities. Over to you, Richard and Tracy. Thank you, Sonia, and thank you, Tracy, so much for giving us your time today. A lot of people, probably when they think of the Eden Project, have a very particular idea of something in Cornwall, and to my mind, something about seagulls dive-bombing and bouncing off the plastic domes. But clearly, the Eden Project goes way beyond that particular project in Cornwall. Could you tell us a bit about the work of the Eden Project? Yes, certainly. Many people do just think of the visitor destination, which is understandable. And people aren't aware about um, Eden Communities, which is their UK-wide programme, or the international work that they do. But to put it in context, Eden, at its very core, is all about sustainability, resilience and social action. So the biomes and the plants um, help to connect us not just to each other, but to the living world. And we are reliable on each other and that world. And then the UK Outreach Programme, Eden Communities, was developed. How do we get a bit of Cornwall? How do we get a bit of Eden out in the rest of the UK? Yeah. And how do we bring people together to connect to each other and the world where people live? So always with the means to bring people together so that they are more able and resilient to cope with the challenges we've got. So we do lots of things Our biggest flagship is Big Lunch, um, and we do that every year on the first weekend of June just to bring people together. We also have a network of community-minded people across the UK who are all making positive changes where they live, and it doesn't matter what that is. And we actually have quite a big hub in London and community network developers that support people. So we constantly put people in touch with each other so that they are able to sustain what they're doing and also together they are much more resilient to face the many challenges we have. So we're a bit busy around the UK. Certainly you're quite active in London which is great for us because Good Thinking is a a service that was developed just for Londoners so that's, that's really great to hear. You're talking about sustainability and resilience and, of course, access to green spaces we know is, is really important in terms of that. But you also have a particular focus on communities and connecting people with a focus on loneliness. Say a bit about how that came about. Well, I've been looking particularly at the issue of loneliness for 10 years and Eden asked me to come work for them. It was lovely. Um, <laughs> if we think about ourselves as human beings, we are meant to be in groups and impacts and or clans. We're meant to be social interdependent species. That's how we function best. We also know that um, we need connections and we need each other. 
when people come together, we know good things happen, not just for people individually, but for the environment, families, communities, um, and for everything. And what we've noticed is the more individual and isolated people come, it has a real impact on our communities, as well as on relationships. And that's not just with each other, it's also with our living world. So it's really important that we think about how we can bring people together and connect. And what we've noticed over a decade is those bumping into spaces, those places where people used to come together and get to know each other are dissipating. They're really um, disappearing. So our post offices, our pubs, sort of land spaces, libraries, you know, school gates with people driving constantly. We're losing those opportunities or those foundations to make new friendships, make new connections. So it's really important to us. So Eden is about connecting people to each other in the living world. I would say Eden communities is definitely about connecting people to each other because without that, there is nothing else. That's a really interesting observation, though, Tracy. that I guess as many services and businesses have a greater online presence, that's actually reducing offline then, those spaces where we would connect even informally if we're queuing at the post yeah, office. It's been a real challenge and I think we will see um, a great increase in loneliness and people's disconnection from each other. For me, the really important thing is about trying to make those connections where you live in your street that provides you a informal support network so we have seen through covid many communities coming together especially in the first wave and people supporting each other and i know from talking to people we already know if they hadn't have had those connections first they wouldn't have rallied so quickly yeah. so yeah. that's what we mean about connections and supporting each other it's how and in the summer as well that's a lot easier because the nights are lighter now with people not being able to meet and not seeing people because the the darker nights, I think it's going to become even more difficult and especially for those people who don't have access to online facilities. And also online things are good and you, they're very educational. You do see people. But they're really good for relationships you've already got. They're not that good for developing new friendships and relationships. It takes a lot longer to do so online. You've mentioned COVID in passing, and, and we are at this point sort of kind of nine months now into COVID. I understand that you've been doing some work to, to understand more what the impact is of COVID at this time in terms of loneliness and relationships. Could you tell us something about that? When we um, look at loneliness, we'll often talk about the permission of snow. So when it snows, people's humanity comes to the fore. They might go scrape the street or help someone out with a buggy or check on a neighbour to do some shopping. But when that snow dissipates, so does that level of care. We've seen exactly the same with COVID. So when the first wave hit, people's humanity came to the fore. They prioritised caring about other people. And COVID gave us time and permission to do that. But with the sort of second peak, or as it goes on, what we've seen is that it's having a long-lasting negative impact on people. There's over about, there's nearly 65% of people feeling really impacted by the social restrictions and not being able to come in contact with each other. I'm a hugger. It is 
you know, destroying me, <laughs> not being able to have that physical connection. We've also seen that actually community spirit has fallen. Nearly 30% of people feel that there's less community spirit now than what there was in the spring. So as people move at different times, things change. What worries me is there's a lot of anxiety about the festive season. Over 40% of people are really worried about that. But for me, there's just this huge sense of hopelessness and depression in people. And I think that is worrying because that really, really feed into that and stuck in a rut. Um, if people start feeling sort of hopeless and they're depressed now in the winter. And I think it's challenging, isn't it? Because, you know, we've also found out that people think there's a lot less support with their neighbours now and the contact's lower and it reminded me early on when I asked a colleague how their parent was doing he said she'd never felt more connected because everybody was at home people were checking on her she felt like she'd got her community back now she's fearful now people are going back to work and crisis has gone she's actually lost that contact that she had at the beginning so it's a bit like a double whammy so people experiencing loneliness and then they get some support and some sense of community and their neighbours are really great. And then that dissipates again. And that can really, really hit people hard. And I think also we sometimes hear in different ways that when people have spent so much time following the guidance, doing their best, and of course, it hasn't just gone away. Yeah. And I guess for a lot of people, this is one of those strange experiences of something happening over quite a long period of time. And kind of keeping that motivation going, keeping the hope alive is very difficult compared with, say, March or April, where we're just kind of all in it together. So I can see how that's, um, yeah, creating all sorts of challenges. But uh, the loneliness seems to be the thing that, that really comes out most strongly. Mm. And I think that isolation is a big thing. But then if we think about the impact that um, people have experienced this year, what with the loss of loved ones, jobs, Support yeah. networks, yeah. friendships, unable to see families and travel. Quite a transient um, population. So our families and friends aren't where we live anymore. And I think that really is one of the issues that that support network is no longer where we are. And that's where we come in, just trying to do a little bit. And it doesn't need to be a lot. It is like saying hello, giving people a ring, reaching out. Just remembering to see people. I think when you feel lonely, often you begin to feel quite invisible and unseen and unwanted. Yeah. And I think if all we can do is actually let someone know we've seen them, and we've smiled at them, we've done something, it can have an impact on that person's day. Yes, I was going to ask about that. What sort of ideas you'd got about how we do address the issue of, of isolation and loneliness? Because... Uh, the impact on the person who may feel invisible, that they're not getting those connections, not getting the support. Do you have a sort of top five of, of things that we could be doing that would help with that? We certainly do. We've got a little thing called Winter Warmers, which is top five. There's many more ideas on um, our website at Eden Communities. The basic one is to say hello. You know what I mean? Say hello to somebody if you've got time, ask them where they are, how they are, what they're up to. Even if you're talking about the weather, say hello. Better still, ring someone, get in touch. So people think, oh, it's dark, there's nothing I can do now. And But they could give someone a call. They could message someone. Now and again, I'll randomly go through my phone and send people random messages just so that they know <laughs> that I'm thinking about them, you know. 
And I think it matters. So maybe stay in touch regularly so that if someone's having a bad week, they're more likely to tell you than if you just get in touch every three months. And then trying to let people know you've took the time out think about them so you know sharing some food or making them a cake or sharing a homemade gift so that there's effort and time into that I think people really value that and then especially and um, there's the community level stuff so put something in a window maybe have a festive window do a bit of singing I like to do a bit of singing I shout to my neighbor as well <laughs> just so the whole village can hear shout morning neighbor I just think there's lots you can do, so it could be outward as well as inward, so you can put something out for your streets to see, like everybody was doing with the rainbows. We'll just put a hello, or how are you today, or something like that. I think it's about prioritising. The big thing is about making the effort and prioritising the time to get in touch with people, do something sort of outward facing and to think about actually how can you make somebody's day and it can be as simple as a smile. I think that's, that's a really nice range of, of different things that could make a difference because I guess if you felt a bit socially awkward or shy you might struggle but you could actually just do something with your window or as you say smile that that isn't such a, a sort of big step. I have to say for myself, when you mentioned winter warmers, I, I was sort of hoping it would be a, a hip flask of brandy <laughs> that you'd be suggesting we all were sharing. But um, I think at so many levels in terms of alcohol and infection control... That <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. wrong. <laughs> but very nice. <laughs> or you can do something warm from the mm. heart in terms of extending something out to, to others. Yeah, and I think it's about trying to create those connections which, as you say, warm people's heart. I think it's really important. And just make someone else smile. You know, that might be the only time they smile that day. And I think that's really important for people, especially feeling hopeless or depressed. Yeah. Well, I was wondering about that because, uh, I mean, you've touched on that feeling of being invisible. What is life like for somebody who is struggling with their loneliness or isolation? I think it's really complex because what might make me lonely may not make you lonely. So it's a very individual experience. There's a lot of stigma around loneliness, um, which can get me on quite a large soap. I will tell you. Loneliness is just our internal warning system that says we need company. As food tells us, it's an internal warning system to say we need to refuel, eat, you know, and thirst, we need to drink. It is our mechanism to say we need company. We are social beings. There's huge shame that the People feel there's something wrong with them. It's a huge stigma. People don't want to admit it because they don't know how to fix it. And people don't want to ask because they don't know how to fix it either. And it's not a quick fix. So there's a sense of loss of self. People feel wanted, unloved, uncared for. Um, and I think people then start going into self-preservation mode. When you start feeling like that, isolation is a punishment. And when people are lonely and feel isolated, even if they have others around them, if they don't feel connected to them, they go into self-preservation mode, which means that they begin to mistrust other people and, um, you know, their lack of empathy with other people starts to struggle and they lose confidence and self-esteem in being able to communicate with other people because they don't know what to say. People will then start to stop caring about themselves and they're more likely, if they're in that sort of self-preservation, they've heightened fight or flight 
the senses going on, which means they may struggle to sleep. They may overindulge with food, drink or smoking, or they may not, you know, nourish themselves. So some people might overindulge to escape those feelings. Key thing is, is that everybody is human being and worthwhile. And, and I think key thing is to nourish yourself and keep going because if we think that company connections and relationships are the antidote to loneliness those things take time and it's literally what can we do to look after ourselves and nourish ourselves and push ourselves out of our comfort zone in order to try build some relationships or build some hobbies or pastimes to keep us in positive space or just stop us from falling into a deeper, darker place of loneliness. You make a really interesting point about stigma because I find myself thinking that we'll use a term like having a social life as if it's something of a luxury. But the way you describe it, a social life in that sense is as important as air or water or food to keep your body going, that we simply do need social connections. We do, and that takes us right back to the Eden Project and plants and air, water. You know, we need each other. And I think if anything that comes out this year or goes forward, it is about prioritising people. And there's lots of things we can do. I mean, I shared five. There's many, many more on our website and other people's website, I'm sure, even on your own, that people can do. But first of all, they have to understand the importance of why. Why do we need other people? You've just explained it far more accurately than me. I might write that down and save that one. <laughs> Well, you can always listen back as well. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's a, a very distressing thing, really, to consider meeting your needs socially could be trivialised as, as, as an extravagance. So, yeah. And I was also thinking of our colleagues at Thri in Thrive London who do a lot of work with connecting communities and, and that being such a key way to improve the mental health of Londoners. So, yeah, all, all, all makes huge sense. You've touched on the mental health impacts, I think, but I presume also loneliness could have a, a wider impact on physical health as well. Definitely. And I don't know whether it's cyclical or whether it's, um, it impacts on the other. But as I said before, when you're in that heightened stress state when you're lonely and it messes with all your hormones in your body and if you think when we're sad and we're unhappy we're unlikely to eat healthy food or go out for a run we're more likely to hide away and have a very large bar of chocolate or something so it's those sort of things that have the health impact but it has been proven that it does increase hypertension, increases your re risk of dementia by 49%, I believe. You're more likely to be overweight. Being lonely is worse for your health, twice as bad as being obese, which is really challenging when you think about it. And there's even some research that suggests you are twice as likely to die prematurely if you are lonely. And it's all those things combined. And I think what makes it really sad, I think, is people give up on themselves both mentally and physically, because we've given up on them. I think there's a social responsibility there. So, as I said, make sure our humanity continues to come to the fore. This is an issue that if you don't, if, if you don't recognise loneliness as a signal, if that need isn't addressed, then the consequences in all sorts of complex ways, I imagine, are pretty shocking. 
miles away from any sort of stigma where you shouldn't feel uncomfortable about wanting this. This is your body telling you. This is a wake-up call to, to get connected. I've even heard people say they'd rather say they were depressed and there's enough stigma around mental health than they would lonely because depression feels like it's a medical imbalance and there might be a tablet that could fix that. But loneliness is a hard nut crack. Um, because you might have lots of relationships but still feel lonely because there's a mismatch between what you have and what you really, really want. And I think that's the difficult thing with trying to look at loneliness, either as an individual, a community, or an organisation trying to address it. It is individual and it's complex. And I think it, there is no um, silver bullet. There's no one answer. And I think that's why people don't like to admit it themselves either it's hard i actually think naming it you are halfway there except in the naming that you are lonely and it's okay okay i'm lonely you can start talking about it and i think one of the key things i say to everybody is just talk about it ask people how they're feeling and if they are feeling lonely don't try and fix it most people rush into you know oh you can do this you can do that you can do that without actually just sitting there and listening and, and saying that must be really hard. And I think that's why people, if they do say that they're feeling lonely, are usually shut down quite quickly by some very helpful person suggesting lots of things that they can do. Um, and I think we have to accept busy people can be lonely too. So just because someone's doing lots of things and just because someone might be busy doesn't mean that they're not lonely. And I think that's where the complexity really comes in. What you're raising reminds me of, of something we discovered quite early in COVID. We were working with Partnership for Young London on a project that was supported by TikTok. Um, just sending out surveys to ask people how they were doing. And, and we shaped them in a way that we hoped they'd find helpful. But some of the young people were living in very busy, tightly packed family homes with lots of people coming back because of lockdown and so on. And describing vividly how lonely they could feel in the midst of their own families because it's it's meaningful connections i guess where you can be yourself talk about what's important for you what matters to you as well as feeling that other person is interested in you as you say it's kind of not just about being with people it's about having those meaningful interactions i often think that when i use the hunger analogy um so if loneliness is like hunger hunger tells you to eat um it's like um, soup or and water may keep you alive, but it's not your favourite meal. You know, it's not the thing that nourishes you. And it's those relationships that you do get something out that nourishes you that are really important. Every year after the big lunch, we do um, a survey. And actually young people, and particularly in London, young people in built-up areas feeling quite lonely and isolated in those areas. So if they don't have the support networks in place, life Transitions can really impact you feeling lonely. If we think of the life transitions that young people have around moving schools, leaving home, relationships, jobs, um, trying to find your own identity, sexuality, all those things that are condensed in a really short space of time, you can see where that feeling of loneliness would come from. You would feel that there would be a real mismatch to where you want to be, to where you are, maybe to who you want to be. And it's an incredibly complex time and I think that's why it's really important that people need to know it's okay to be lonely it's absolutely ordinary it is a day-to-day -day 
thing, experiencing it and talking about it in that way, it would benefit so many other people. I, I was just thinking we, we talked about a sort of top five tips to sort of address loneliness that you might be able to do for others. But if you are able to acknowledge to yourself without the punishment or, or shame that I think you've touched on as well, that you are feeling lonely, are there a few tips, different things that people can do if they are feeling lonely? I think, as you say, admitting it is the thing. If you can talk to someone about it, um, them do because I think that is the best thing but choose who you talk to about it so you don't want your fix-it person you want someone that you know might listen and there are lots of organizations phone lines um, if you want to keep that anonymous I think there's alone not lonely in London and many other places people can talk to I would suggest that people talk about it and I would suggest that people really really look after themselves so I think biggest thing I would say is value yourself as a human being. Do things that make you happy and make you feel good. You deserve them. If you're having to get through this life on your own, then do things that make you happy. But also do things that you well. Go for that walk. Get outside in nature. It is the best thing for you. Have a really long shower or a lovely bath. Look after yourself and do try keeping in touch with people. They might not be the people you need or want, but keep the keep practicing those social skills and take time. But often people have to live with loneliness for quite a long period of time. It could be a really creative space. I have never wrote a happy poem in my life. I've wrote many sad ones, you know, so you could express yourself in writing or in art or making something. So try and be as kind and as creative as you can be to yourself. And then once you start feeling a bit better, a bit happier, and you feel, you know, that you're looking after you, then start trying to push yourself out a little bit. Go gentle on yourself, you know. And I, I think the biggest thing is you're amazing. As an individual, as a human being, you're amazing. And don't ever, ever forget that. That's a really nice thought. And it strikes me that perhaps if you can start to treat yourself better with kindness, that might also make it easier for others to do the same. Well, lots of great advice, Tracy, and we'll certainly be sharing the Winter Warmers campaign with anyone who is interested in the Good Thinking service, because there's lots of practical tips. And as you've indicated, you don't have to be a outwardly extrovert, very social person to do something for yourself or, or for others. So really fantastic. We've been working during COVID in the course of these podcasts on our own particular way of addressing loneliness, and that's to give you the opportunity of going into lockdown with three people of your choice. Who would you take? Oh, this is hard. Well, I am a keen gardener. Enthusiastic, not very good. So I think I'd have to take Charlie Dimmitt with me. She's also a fellow ginger, so I think I'd get Charlie to come <laughs> and help. Then I was thinking... I'd really love David Attenborough. He's a real hero right. of mine and a lovely silky voice like yourself. Um, so I think I could listen to him long into the early hours of the morning. And then okay. I thought of Miranda Hart because I think she's funny and she can laugh at herself. She's just authentic. I feel she is who she is. 
And yeah. I think if we could all be our authentic selves, that would be amazing. So I think those three would help me get through another lockdown and prepare my garden for the spring, I think. Oh, right. So definitely locked down with access to your garden, yeah. which sounds important. But uh, I, it would be foolish of me not to suspect there'd be a strong presence of nature in uh, your lockdown experience. I was trying to work out, though, and I'm not sure this is scientifically proven. Do we know what happens if you put two gingers into lockdown together? <laughs> I'm sure they'll have a ball. <laughs> <laughs> I think there might be some fireworks as well, but uh, that's based on prejudice, not science. So a lovely combination, but yeah, really keeping connected with nature and authenticity, which is, as you say, is so key to tackling lots of mental health issues, really. We also allow you to take some content. I say content because it could be music, a book, a film. You could put it on your tablet or a smartphone. Could even be a recording of a sporting event or a piece of theatre. Would there be anything that you'd like to take with you along with those three figures that would kind of help you get through? Yeah, I struggled with this one. I went for my old favourite, which might sound slightly random, and I apologise, but I really loved the film Shawshank Redemption. Okay. It's quite an old classic. It might seem a bit gruelling, but I just love the fact that he chipped way for 20 years swam through a sewer ended up in paradise i suppose is the analogy of the film i, yeah. I just um and i think for me i i like a metaphor definitely i mock for the often but that thing about just chipping away for years i think yeah. we all might feel on whatever passion or cause we're called to do um but i love that film i also like it's a wonderful life but that's very christmassy film and um, probably has the same thing about we don't always recognise the people we took um, and who might yeah, have an yeah. impact on. So they're my two favourite films. I'm greedy. I've taken oh. two in. <laughs> yeah, OK. Well, I, I suppose with all that, all your gardening, you perhaps could have a bit more luxury. <laughs> but I, I, I think there might be a strange paradox with the Shawshank Redemption, which is that when he's in prison, <laughs> he presumably is in quite a social yeah. space in many ways. <laughs> he's trying to get out. So hopefully none of the listeners will, will realise. <laughs> a bit of a spoiler alert there as well. But you, you've kind of created the antidote to uh, overcrowded prisons, perhaps. But finally, we're going to let you take a, a luxury item as well. What would you take? Oh, I struggle. I think it'd have to be some tea bags. I just need a good old cup of tea. I'd have to be my luxury item. Okay. Any, do you want to do any product placement? I better not. Any... <laughs> okay. Okay. any sponsor listening might say, why did you mention it our brand? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's your particular version of winter warmer mm, as well, I yes. guess. Something that would sustain body and mind, a nice cuppa during that period of lockdown. Um, I think many uh, ale has been um, addressed over a cup of tea as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I could say the same thing with brandy, but um, we're, we're keeping public health to the <laughs> fore. So I'm part well, of that. For me, it'd be a single malt whiskey, to be fair. <laughs> uh, see, this is not what should be happening. I shouldn't be dragging people down. You were there with a nice cup of tea and some gardening, and uh, <laughs> we're hitting the single bolts now. That's what happens after usually a very nice conversation, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, it, it all adds to that uh, social connection, doesn't mm. it? So, Well, Tracy, thank you so much for giving us your time today. It's fantastic work you're doing. 
But I think what strikes me more than anything, the, the sort of connecting people perhaps is the obvious part, but the awareness raising, the anti-stigma campaigns that you are also delivering seem to me perhaps, you know, even more important because unless we can absolutely acknowledge loneliness in ourselves and in others, perhaps we're not going to really be able to do that connecting that would be the best way of addressing it. So thank you for bringing that to all of our attention today. Uh, thank you for your generosity and letting me have the time. Um, as I say, I'm personally and professionally passionate about people and bringing us together. So whatever I can do, I'll just keep doing. So thank you. Thank you.